This a success off another breath. This the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. And what's going on, guys? Kieran Nidley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, the place where we bring mental health and mental performance together through a focus on both spirituality and science. And we meet in the middle between the two. So normally on this podcast, we bring either doctors or specialists on to have a conversation with kids or we have kids himself having a conversation with you guys about something to do with those two factors that I just identified, mental health, mental performance. Now today we're speaking confidence, such a key factor and not just mental health, also mental performance and vice versa, not just mental performance, also mental health, right? So it can very easily fall into just one category. It really comes in both. Now, confidence is something I've massively struggled with through my life. And today I can absolutely state that I'm a very confident being, (laughs) right? And I've had the pleasure of doing a lot of the work that's enabled me to get to this point. Now, just before we get into anything, uh, naturally there's going to be a lot of background noise and doing this outside for those that are watching this on video. All right, so I've got um, some bird noises, I've got some car noises, I've got the sound of the power plant that's uh, on the street next door, uh, and then also our neighbors as well um, who are outside having a barbecue. So um, they might even hear some of the conversation that we're having, but hey, <laughs> all good. And I'm just hoping that my phone is right now in a very dangerous place. So I'm a little bit concerned, worried it's going to pop out of my cheap Thailand uh, sort of bendy uh phone stand thingy in my bob <laughs> so i'm um, going to be curiously watching that hoping that the next 20 to 30 minutes that we're going to be nailing this podcast and confidence i'm going to be as confident as i can that that does not fall <laughs> so essentially i did a beautiful meditation just earlier and i felt into i noticed that there were five key pillars of confidence that i've built over the period of time that i have developed the strong level of confidence that have enabled me to become this confident man right? Now, this doesn't essentially just mean confident man, just confident human, confident being, confidence in general. And I've noticed that these five key pillars have been so necessary, even without even missing one of them is going to be detrimental to confidence. So, so long as all five are looked at and all five are worked on, uh, absolutely, I can guarantee that your level of confidence is going to massively improve so long as you look at all five of these okay Um, i'm going to share really briefly as to why it's very common that confidence is diminished and then also a little bit about my confidence journey and uh how one can then develop it using these five key pillars that i've just stated okay now firstly what is confidence now confidence can easily get mistaken for cockiness let's get this out of the way very quickly Confidence is not this cockiness aspect that people mistake it for. Cockiness is hyping oneself up, forming a state of egoic mentality that I am above people, I am better than X, I am better than Y. So putting myself above things, that's cockiness. Confidence has nothing to do with another person. Confidence is this internal genuine state of acceptance genuine state 
of coming to this sense of internal empowerment, meaning that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. That's confidence. So however I choose to show up, whether it's as myself or that I want to show up as a character for the kicks, however I wish to show up, I feel safe and secure in that. That is confidence. Cockiness, as I mentioned, okay, is putting myself above. So cockiness usually comes from this state where I need to shift my mental framing into this place where I diminish other people in my mind so I feel better about myself. Therefore, I can be confident, right? So this is what people usually do to gain confidence. Unfortunately, that's cockiness and it's going to very quickly backfire. One, because people generally are going to get uh, probably a poor um, mental angle on you, okay? Because you're going to come across quite cocky in that way. And I've done this before and this is, I'm speaking from experience here. And the other thing as well that's going to happen likely is the moment that someone identifies something that shatters the identity you formed in your mind that makes you feel superior, you're no longer going to feel superior. So if someone can shatter your identity, that is coming from ego. If someone cannot shatter your identity, that is coming from confidence. That's the way you discern it. And this is very difficult, by the way, because a lot of confidence even now I won't say a lot, actually, some of my confidence even now will still come from ego. But And the way I discern it is just like that. If it can be shattered by someone else, it's coming from ego. If it cannot be shattered by someone else, it's coming from confidence. Now, this does not come into the realm of not giving a fuck either. Because not giving a fuck also is going down the realm of ego. Okay? It's not that I'm trying to not care. No, I give lots of fucks. <laughs> I care a lot. And what other people say or what other people think also do not need to affect me just because I care, you see. So it's not that I care what they say in a sense that what they say impacts how I feel. I care what they say in terms of I have compassion and empathy for what it is that they might say. And then I can take things on board if there is critique there, you see. So that's the difference between cockiness and confidence. And that's also the difference between when confidence is coming from ego, which is, of course, cockiness, and when confidence is coming from a genuine place. And these are the, this is how we're going to build it, using these five pillars here. Okay, I'm going to go over them very briefly, and we can go more in depth some other time if, um, if it's asked for by you guys. Uh, but essentially, we want to at least give you guys some practical step-by-step -step things that you can start doing right now, today, in order to develop confidence. So that's what we're going to be going on about. Now, my journey along confidence, I'm going to keep this short and succinct, but I really struggled with depression once upon a time, um, for a long time actually, and my confidence was very poor. My confidence was very poor due to the fact that my mental dialogue about myself was horrible. It was tremendous, tremendously terrible. Horrendous was the word I was actually looking for, not tremendously terrible. <laughs> uh, it's horrendous, that's the word. The way I perceived myself was so much less than other people. The way I felt myself, felt about myself was so much less than, um, than how I felt about other people. And therefore, because I felt so, excuse the French shit about myself, I've already used the word fuck, so here we are, <laughs> that my automatic, uh, mental image that I believed others had of me was also shit. So the way I perceive myself was, is the way that I will always believe others will perceive me. That's just the way things go. But the moment I'm able to shift things, I can start to see myself not just in a 
more positive manner, I'll find that I'll naturally feel like others are seeing me more in a positive manner as well because of that. So a big shift along the way was practicing insight, practicing meditation, because it helped me uncover this deeper understanding as to why I felt like shit all the time and why I perceived myself as this insignificant human all the time. Because at the end of the day, my thoughts, my internal dialogue is not out there on the pavement or is not over there in that person. It's not next door with the neighbors. It's not back there at the power plant. No, that's not where my thoughts are. That's not even where my emotions are. Where do they exist? Within myself. Where does meditation go? Within myself. To practice meditation means to practice insight. In other words, going inside. When I go inside, I go to where my thoughts and emotions are and I sit with them with no distractions, no TikTok, no Instagram, no Snapchat. Yes, people still use Snapchat, which baffles me. I haven't used that in years, but anyway, people do. No YouTube, right? There's no drinking, no alcohol, um, no, no smoking, nothing, right? That within me, there's no distraction. There's simply thought and emotion. Now I can distract myself within myself. That's another thing, right? That's when you go daydreaming and you, um, you know, you do a mantra even, right? And these are, these are great tools, right? But this isn't what we're doing here. You go inward and you go to a place where you're able to simply sit with your emotions, sit with your thoughts as they are with no distraction and you choose to stay with them and not need to change them. The moment you say to yourself that I need to be here when I am there, okay, or I'm here and I need to be there rather, sorry, wrong use of terminology there. I need to be there and I am here. If that, the stronger that level of expectation is and the strong, the bigger the distance is between where I am and where I need to be, note the word need, the more insignificant I will feel about myself. Now note need. Desire is a whole nother game. I can desire to be in a certain certain place, but the moment I'm attached, it becomes an expectation. The moment it's an expectation, I diminish my current self and I beat myself up for where I am. This is the quickest way to diminish self-confidence. So the way around this is to come to a place of self-acceptance as to where I am currently, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, my genuine self as I am now accepting that and that actually gives me the greatest possibility for change is acceptance believe it or not acceptance is not complacency acceptance is completely coming to a place where i acknowledge exactly where i am which gives me the greatest ability to shift where i am because now i'm not diminishing myself if i'm diminishing myself i i decrease my capabilities of creating change because the other four pillars, we're speaking about the first pillar now, by the way, I'm going to share exactly what it is in a second. The other four pillars will be much less capable. All good? Sorry, brother. No, you're all good. So, got my good old flatties cooking um, some KFC upstairs. They got dropped off some, uh, <laughs> we're in lockdown here in New Zealand and they're cooking up some uh, Kentucky fried chicken upstairs because um, they have a friend who owns a KFC and, <laughs> and they're making use of the uh, lockdown time to cook up some homemade KFC using, yes, real Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're very lucky to have that apparently. <laughs> um, I won't be having it. I don't eat chicken right now at this point in my life, but that is okay. And so the first pillar is coming to a place where I no longer fear emotion. 
And this doesn't mean that, of course, I mean, well, emotion, well, we all feel emotions. Yeah, yeah, we all, fear, fear, we all feel emotions, but also we fear certain emotions. And that's the issue here. That's a challenge here because many people fear the feeling of fear. Many people fear the feeling of sadness. Many people fear the feeling of self-insignificance. So the fear of these emotions turns one outward, not inward. We run away from ourself by chasing something outside of us. And we seek approval from outside of us in order to feel more valid about what's inside of us because we can't create that validation within ourselves on our own. So when we come to a place where we no longer fear certain emotions, we're able to actually be inward and accept what's within as we are. That's what meditation's about. Meditation's not about getting anywhere. Meditation's not about creating anything. In fact, coming away from all of those things altogether. Meditation's about can you sit there for one minute two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever your time frame is currently, and choose to stay with whatever's there, no matter what, in complete silence. Play some uh, lovely music in the background, right? Some binaural beats are great, right? Um, or even some beautiful flute music or whatever you want. I do that. Most days I use um, sounds like that, or I go by the river or a waterfall or up a mountain, and I listen to the wind or the running water. And that brings me to a place of deeper stillness within where I can sit with my thoughts and emotions and rather than trying to change them, I learn to accept them. That alone is going to build more confidence than anything else that I'm going to touch on, believe it or not, if you can truly come to this. And everyone is capable. Those that say that they cannot meditate, they need to meditate the most. (laughs) I used to not be able to sit for even 30 seconds. It's possible. But this takes... One of the other pillars, which I'm going to speak on in a second in order to step into this and choose to do the meditation, even if you don't feel capable of maintaining it, you can do it because you're choosing to take control. So when you can sit with an emotion, when it arises and you can stay with it, you learn not to fear it. For example, if there was a spider that rocked up came down the stairs, <laughs> which is right next to me. I'm like, hey, sup, Huntsman, right? And uh, Huntsman just chilled there, and I chilled here. If I was afraid of spiders, I'd probably react and run for the hills. But if I run for the hills, I'm never going to overcome my fear of spiders. If I choose to stay here, in time, I become a lot more familiar with the presence of spiders, and I learn to, in time, with practice, become less fearful of spiders. It's the same with emotions. Quite literally, there's a mental, neurological reaction in the brain and the, and the central nervous system that occurs when I react to an emotion the same way that I react to pain. You have pain transmitters, transmission neurons that actually are in the spinal cord and also run into uh, the amygdala, okay, um, basically, um, basically the entire limbic system structure itself becomes very stimulated alongside the uh, thamylus, thamylus, thalamus. Thalamus, sorry. Um, I'm still getting that that particular piece correct, honestly. And these structures in the brain become very stimulated alongside various other structures as well. These are main ones um, that I'm aware of. And in doing that, there's a bottom-up mechanism that occurs. Bottom-up meaning body to brain or um, basically experience to brain. And I react to the experience rather than respond. Meaning my conditioning and my programming is in control not me. So 
when I become more familiar with an emotion and I don't react like a reactive pain to the emotion and I can stay there, then I have more clarity. With that more clar- with that greater sense of clarity, when I see something that would normally trigger a state of fear within me, I feel more familiar with the state of fear. I no longer react to the thing that's triggering the fear. Now, let's get this straight. I'm not actually fearful of getting rejected from that person. I'm not actually fearful of people looking down on me when I mess up a presentation. I'm not actually fearful of failure itself. I'm fearful of the feeling that I get if X, Y, or Z happen. It's a feeling that I'm afraid of, not the actual thing. Unless it's a physical danger, like, you know, crashing and burning in an airplane or being shot by someone, right? That's a different story. Because if I'm actually rejected by that person, what happens? Nothing! (laughs) If I get looked down upon when I mess up a presentation, what happens? Nothing! (laughs) Maybe I don't achieve the things that I want to achieve. Yeah, so what? I can get back up and try again. I can learn from my mistakes. I can grow and I can learn. I can try again. I've got my entire life ahead of me. Even if you're freaking 80 years old, you've probably got another 10 years in your bank to go at it, right? So my point is, is your life's not going to end because of these things. It's entirely possible to get um, to learn from those mistakes. In fact, you grow more from those mistakes than you do from the success because you get to learn where things messed up and in the success you do, you dismiss the things where you you know the areas where you messed up so therefore there's no growth right you get dopamine hit fantastic you feel good right you learn you you get confident there's those aspects but you don't actually learn any specific things about how you can develop those skills further where you messed up you see because it was success but if you fail you can look at the things the areas where you messed up you can learn and can grow from them so there's uh, a greater capability to grow now in saying that What's actually the thing that you're afraid of is not the fact that you're just going to die because you messed up a presentation or that you got rejected by someone. But it's because you feel less significant about yourself because you're you're then proving to yourself, see, I told you I was no good. See, I told you I couldn't do it. So it's it's this fear of finding approval for the fact that you find self-insignificance within. So if you can get past that by first... um, coming to a place where you no longer fear the emotions himself because you can learn to sit with him, you're going to find a greater, a, a, a much lesser resistance to doing the things that you want to do that you feel afraid of. So that was probably the longest um, pillar that I wanted to explain. So I want to get that out first, which is coming past the fear of emotions. Okay. Now, of course, naturally, I still feel fear of emotions. This is an ongoing practice, but it slowly comes down as you practice. So, connectedness is our second pillar. Connectedness meaning coming to a place where you feel deeply connected within and you feel a greater sense of fulfillment within. For if you no longer are seeking fulfillment from outside of you, you no longer require the approval of people and situations outside of you because you've already found that within. If you've already got the approval from within, now there's no... Uh, roulette going on about whether he or she or they are or are not approving of you and what you're saying and what you're doing therefore you can do and you can say and you can be however you need to be which is freaking brilliant (laughs) um, from my point of view anyway but this concept of connectedness 
how do we develop it, right? Put it this way, what connectedness is not? It's not loneliness, okay? Now, being alone and loneliness is two different things. Go listen to the loneliness episode that I've done, and I'll explain all the aspects about how tachykinin gets produced when we feel the sense of loneliness, when we don't have enough physical touch or physical connection um, in our space, but also um, how... Uh, loneliness can come from as well a lack of connectedness to the to the earth okay to nature itself um, when i'm disconnected from nature i feel disconnected from myself as well right at the end of the day we are natural beings right it's not like we just you know dropped out from the sky um and you know it's not like we we're made in a lab right at the end of the day we're, we are natural beings therefore um in essence we are nature so if we're disconnected from our source, naturally, of course, we're going to feel disconnected from ourselves. That's a big thing. Now, there is actually a lot of science um, behind uh, this concept of grounding and mental health. Grounding meaning connecting with nature, so physically touching the earth or the trees or the water. Right Now, if you can actually, um, on a daily basis, find a way to connect yourself to the earth, the planet in some shape or form consistently, often, you're going to find that this is going to really help with this concept of connectedness. Right. Now, another part of connectedness is also meditation, as I've touched on, as you go inward more and you come to a place of um, internal acceptance, you're also going to feel a deeper sense of connectedness with yourself. That's another thing. Also, uh, naturally surrounding yourself with amazing people. Of course, that's going to help with a deeper sense of connectedness as well. And that's being very wise about the kind of people that you spend your time with. Are they going to help you grow and develop as a human? Or are they taking away from you as a human? Are they a propeller in your life? Or are they an anchor in your life? This is a big thing. And then finally, gratitude, right? As you practice gratitude more, you come to a greater state of fulfillment within as you are. Try putting your hands together. And I talked about this on, on my last podcast I did. And think about the things that you are thankful for and just simply continue to say the words, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a very beautiful practice. I highly recommend it as your gratitude practice. Mm. And they'll help you to come to a greater state of fulfillment within. So that's the second pillar. Self-fulfillment, in other words, connectedness, self-connectedness as well, or connectedness in general. Right. Now notice only one of them required other people. One of those aspects of four that I touched on around connectedness. The other three, uh, you're in charge. Even if you just do one of those four things, you're going to find you're going to develop a greater state of connectedness. So even in lockdown, you can do this. <laughs> the third pillar, clarity. If you develop a great state of clarity, and it comes back to the second point, uh, the first point, which is you have clarity that even if you screw up here or even if that person laughs at you here, you're actually going to be okay. If you have genuine clarity there, why would you be afraid? When there's anxiety, when there's overwhelm, when there's the scattered brain uh, state that's going on within your, within your mind, of course you're going to feel a lack of confidence because you can't even process your own thoughts. Now, there's many ways that we can actually shift this, right? One is through an external factor and one's an internal factor, right? So I'm going to really dumb it down, make it very simple because I want to start really getting to the fourth and fifth point pillar. So, the external factor is a simple one, which is simply planning, right? So physically planning, all right? Now, this can look like doing a um, 
doing a, I, I can't remember what I called it. I think I called it a problem tree or a solution tree or something like that. I did it about three years ago and it really actually helped me honestly at the time. But I wrote down um, uh, the situation that I was in and then I put just sort of lines outside of the situation and those lines connected me to possible uh, next steps. And then from those next steps, I would, um, oh, what would I do? Oh, no, that's right. Sorry. I'll, t I'll take a problem. And then from that problem, I'd give myself possible solutions. From that solution, right, if that led to a certain um, issue, right, then I'd, um, I'd, I'd sort of you know, put out other issues that that might create in terms of which solution I chose. I'm like, okay, so this will create this problem and this problem and this problem. Then I'll find solutions for each one of those. So I planned solutions to every potential problem that would come. This is very helpful, actually. And excuse the dog. <laughs> it's all right. This is part of the process and I love it. So essentially, when I find a sense of clarity around how I can solve each possible problem, I will feel completely safe and secure within. This is a very powerful practice you can use. That's one way. Right, and you can you can do it any um, many other ways. I like I used to just literally write down on a piece of paper in general, like the problem. Then I'll write down um, all my different options that I can I could possibly do to solve this problem, and I'd feel more confident about the problem. Right, so these these are ways that you can do it. Um, also, if you structure your life in a more planned way, right, um, even if you're an intuitive person, which I am absolutely. However, when I plan how I want things to go. Right, uh, a sense of planning and even utilizing visualization helps me to come to a greater state of confidence within because I have more clarity about how I want things to go. Definitely helps. So that's the external factor. The internal factor is actually that, <laughs> to, to be honest, sorry, um, which is a visualization aspect. So if you can go within and you can create clarity within yourself about how you want to things to flow then of course confidence will be natural. So if you close your eyes and you can visualize exactly how you want things to flow and you can see it clearly, this is what um, top athletes actually do as they come to a state of clarity within about how they're going to do this play, how they're going to do this move, how they're going to play the ball here, who they're going to be paired up with in this, in this process, right? All, that, all those steps, right? How they're going to hit the ball, whatever that is. When they visualize those things, they get optimal clarity about it and they feel a deep sense of confidence within because they can see the success that's there. Um, they've done various studies on visualization uh, and there's um, strong evidence supporting uh, the uh, improved success rate when visualization is used. Highly recommended. Okay. Fourth pillar, my favorite, integrity. So when you are telling yourself, um, I can't meditate and you decide not to meditate, you're listening to your programming and your conditioning. When you have the integrity to sit there anyway, you build a stronger sense of integrity. Now put it this way. If um, I was to tell you that I'm going to show up at 10 a.m. at your place and I didn't, and then I continue to say for the next four or five days that I'll show up at 10 a.m. and I didn't, what would happen? You'd start to lose respect for me and you'd start to trust my word less, right? You do this to yourself. I've done this to myself a lot where I lose respect and trust for myself because I don't fulfill my own word. How am I to expect others to trust me if I cannot even trust myself? 
You see, this is a big challenge that many people run into because of the lack of integrity that they have for themselves. Therefore, how can they expect it from others? You see, so this is a massive play on confidence here. If I can fulfill my own promises, I develop a strong sense of integrity and therefore I develop a stronger sense of self-confidence, you see. So there's a few ways to develop integrity, right? The first is staying true to yourself. So if you have certain values, stick with those values. Every time you step outside of those values, you're stepping outside of integrity to yourself. Therefore, you're disrespecting yourself. Therefore, you start to beat yourself up because you create this sense of internal self-insignificance, you see. So a great question to ask yourself is what would my highest self do when you run into confusion about what you want to do in a certain situation? This really serves you. What would my highest self do? Have that question playing in your head like a record. A second great factor is the self-trust factor, as I've mentioned, which is, of course, sticking to your word. So how to develop this in a great way is having maybe three main non-negotiables that you fulfill every single day, no matter what. I'm going to meditate for this much time every day. I'm going to read this many pages of a book. I'm going to do yoga every day. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to drink this many glasses of water. I'm going to be in nature for this long every day. I'm going to get morning sun every morning. I'm going to wake up at this time every morning. I'm going to be, go to bed at this time every night. I'm going to call uh, two friends every single day. I'm going to uh, eat healthy and not cheat. Um, I'm not going to have cheat meals in the evenings anymore. I'm not going to binge here or whatever, right? So these are non-negotiables that you set for yourself. Right. And you just set three, three that you feel will serve you without being hard on yourself because so you're not betraying yourself and setting ridiculous goals. Okay, that's not the point. That's betraying, that is betraying integrity. You're staying with the integrity of staying true to your values of self-compassion with how you lay these non-negotiables out. It could even be a practice, right? I'm going to practice handstands for five minutes a day. I'm going to study French for 30 minutes a day, right? So it can be these as well. Examples, right? There you go. So write down three non-negotiables, cross them off as you go throughout the day. And when you do, feel that sense of completion and success when you do. And then finally, every time you notice resistance and you move forward anyway, for example, if you don't want to get into a cold shower and you do, you're moving into resistance. If you don't want to talk to that person and you do, you're moving into resistance. If you don't want to send that email and you do, you're moving into resistance, right? If you um, don't want to eat that healthy salad and you do, right? you're moving into resistance. If you want to eat that chocolate bar and you don't, you're moving into resistance. So every time you do that, you're strengthening this aspect of top-down control, which is moving against bottom-up mechanisms. So that pain response or that emotional pain response I mentioned when you move against it and you choose not to react to it, fight, freeze, or flight, you're exercising top-down control, which is when the prefrontal cortex cuts through the mechanism, the bottom-up mechanism, and you take command, not your programming. That's top-down control. The more you exercise that, the greater integrity you develop, and the more that, um, more that will cross-pollinate to other areas of your life. And you better lean into resistance and more areas of your life, therefore feel more confident in more areas of your life. The fifth and final pillar is looking at your chemistry, your biochemistry. Okay, so hormones um, and neurotransmitters, for example, uh, some, right, as well as the body state. I'll cut through, I'll um, go through this very quickly because I want to um, wrap this up. The first 
great thing to look at is lowering inflammation. So naturally connecting to the earth more will naturally bring your inflammation down, eating healthy, drinking more water, right? All these different things. As you lower your levels of inflammation, you have less mental clutteredness as well. Greater mental clarity. And also hormonally, you're going to be in a better state. Therefore, you're going to feel better within yourself and therefore you're going to feel more confident. So that's a natural one. That's a, that's a very um, easy one. Another one is dopamine. Dopamine. Okay. So whenever you uh, st- maintain integrity and you succeed in maintaining your integrity, you cross, up, you cross off your non-negotiables, you lean into w- what you felt resistance to and you did it anyway, you feel success. Dopamine is triggered because you feel good about what you just did. So long as you do internally validate, that's the important part. Not popping champagne, right? Not not drinking eight shots because you just won, right? Or we just succeeded in what you were wanting to do. But internally validating what it is that you did. I succeeded. Well done. Good job, Kieran. That's going to help trigger dopamine and you're going to feel more motivated to continue. Therefore, more confident. Dopamine is the chemical of both reward and motivation. So it's not just about reward. It also motivates you. As you feel more motivated, you feel more empowered. As you feel more empowered, you feel more confident. The final one, and also just side note, I've done another podcast on dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. You can go back to that podcast and listen more as to how you can work on bringing more dopamine into your life as well. And then the final one is testosterone, okay? Um, Now, testosterone is developed in the gonads as well as the adrenal glands, okay? So it's not just the gonads, all right? So woman, yes, you develop testosterone too. You sure do, okay? Uh, Now, testosterone is also correlated to dopamine. So as dopamine goes up, it affects testosterone in a positive way, vice versa, higher testosterone, higher dopamine. So therefore, they both um, interconnect and they correlate with each other and they work with each other in a sense where as they go up, also so does your confidence as well. Okay, so there are many things that can help with um, with testosterone, all right? Eating healthy, of course, eating enough protein, um, uh, exercise, uh, weight lifting is a big one. Com- competition as well, being in competition often and healthy competition, of course. Okay, um, It doesn't mean you actually have to win, actually. Um, winning definitely helps with testosterone, but also um, just generally being in competition, playing freaking Monopoly Go, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but proper competition, being competitive in a healthy way also helps with testosterone as well so guys that is a wrap all right that's how to that's some various things that you can start doing today tonight to develop a greater state of confidence look at each of those five pillars okay i'm going to read them out one more time these five pillars of creating a less um lower fear of emotion that's the first the second is connectedness slash self-fulfillment the third is clarity the fourth is integrity and the fifth is your biochemistry okay so if you can actually look at each of those five pillars and ask yourself how can i step a little bit more even just five or ten percent over the next week more into each of these five pillars i guarantee even within a week's time, so long as you do exercise these things and actually step into them, I guarantee you will feel at least, at least twice as confident as what you put in. If you put in 10%, you're going to feel 20% more confident. I guarantee it. 
but so long as you actually exercise it and you're you're genuinely uh, putting the effort behind what it is that you've set for yourself. I wish you the best. I wish you a more confident life. I wish you a more confident time ahead. It's very possible and it's in your hands, guys. It's up to you to create that for yourself. I cannot give it to you. No partner, no friend, no family member can give it to you. Only you can create it and it's more possible than you'll ever believe so long as you do and step forward and do the things that I've just shared with you. You've got this. Remember guys, there's no fee here, okay? All I ask, and there's no ads or anything like that, all I ask is that um, in exchange, uh, that if you found this content helpful, you share it. All right, subscribe and review helps immensely. Um, so it's massively appreciated. It helps the podcast reach more people that need this information. And uh, yeah, you can um, find me, Coach Keza, on Instagram, okay? Now you can find all that stuff in the show notes as well. And you can find the Pocket Coaches Instagram there as well. Um, send me a message or an email uh, if you've got any ideas of what you'd like me to talk about. And I'll absolutely do them. I might even do a Q&A, so send questions over. All right, I think that'll be a great little podcast. That'll be a fun one. And uh, yeah, I love you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. It's because of you guys that we can do this. Take care, guys. Bye for now. That's why I do this for you.